Welcome to the Full Circle Podcast, Finding Your Way Home. I'm Gillian McMichael, your host, and I'm delighted to bring you a wonderful conversation today with Lucy Chamberlain. Lucy is founder of C&C Search, um, which is a very well-regarded recruitment organization based in London and soon to be in Dubai. She is a global speaker. She is a leader and she's extremely successful, but that hasn't always been the case. So Lucy's going to join us and share with us about her journey of her own transformational change, overcoming her imposter and really turning her life around. So why don't you tune in and listen to our conversation? Because I know it's going to be a great one. So Lucy, so glad you're here on the Full Circle podcast, Finding Your Way Home. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted, actually. I've been really looking forward to our conversation. So today we are going to be talking around imposter syndrome and how you can basically dump that imposter and really come back home to you so that you can be the best version of yourself. Now, for those who don't know Lucy Chamberlain, she is the founder of C&C Search, which is an amazing recruitment organization based in London. And she's going to tell us all about her journey and all those transformations she's had along the way. So shall we get into the conversation? Sounds fantastic. All right, lovely. So yeah, for our listeners, why don't you introduce yourself and tell mm. us just a little bit about who you are and what you currently do at the moment? Absolutely. So nine years ago, I had probably a little bit like you, Gillian, a moment in time where I made a big decision to change my life. I was a single mother at the time and I was working in a large organization. I built a really big team and it was a huge decision. I was solely financially responsible for an 18 month old and I started CNC Search. And nine years later, we're 26 women, Amazing. all female. That was one of my <laughs> conscious decisions when I started the business. And we work with organizations globally. And part of that journey for me has been also becoming a global speaker. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm one of the key trainers for Google, Amazon, Sony, some amazing brands. Amazing. So mm -hmm. I think that using my platform has also been a key part of coming home to myself, as yep. you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a leader, a trainer, founder, coach, uh, global speaker. I wear many different hats. Mm. So how do you manage all those hats? That's been part of the journey, mm -hmm. I think. And I think that's something that I'm still learning okay. to work with, but from a much more conscious place than perhaps I was five years ago. Mm -hmm. So I think having help is what's most critical for me and being real resourced, mm -hmm. understanding what I need to have the energy to deliver. And I think for me, I've now got a personal toolbox mm. that I use, and that includes everything from tapping to havening to coaching <laughs> to all sorts of different things yeah. that help me stay, I think, connected, mind, body, soul, Brilliant. in order that I can deliver on all those different levels and be of service. Really good. So we might come back and talk about yeah. some of that stuff later because I'm sure our listeners will be interested in that and I'm certainly interested in that. So tell me though, because you sit here now as a very confident capable woman but <laughs> not always <laughs> <laughs> but we know that that journey to get there yeah. isn't necessarily that kind of straight line it can be a bit whittly and sometimes we can get derailed a little bit so I wondered if you'd share a little bit more around maybe you know that that journey that's led you to where you are but maybe some of those challenges or mm. yeah, obstacles that might have kind of landed in your way so when I started the business I had been through an awful lot 
and I had not dealt with any of it. So I finished at my big corporate job on the Friday and started my business on the Monday. <laughs> um, and during that time, I'd been through, uh, yeah, some fairly big life challenges from uh, divorce and then uh, and then some other stuff I probably don't need to share on a podcast, but I'd had an incident with a stalker, police had been involved. There was all sorts of stuff that had gone on in my life. It was quite a drama-filled patch in my life. Okay. And I'd ignored it all. I'd got on with it. Um, and as I started the business, I did all I knew, which was work really, really really hard mm -hmm. but probably to the point where other people might have been looking in thinking this is absolutely mad yeah so i was getting up at 4 30 and i would start work at five uh, i would wait for chloe's uh which is my daughter uh chloe's uh au pair to arrive and then i'd leave for work i'd get home at six which was just yeah uh, so i would barely see her then i'd start work again at eight after she'd gone to bed yeah and I'd normally work through till midnight. And I carried that on, on repeat. And I couldn't imagine anything being successful without that kind of commitment. Yeah, that kind of hard work. Yeah. yeah. And having that constant sort of source of uh, adrenaline yeah. uh, running through your body. And so I carried that on and things went well. So this reaffirmed that mm -hmm. what I was doing was right. Mm -hmm. uh, we were winning great clients. Uh, I had some amazing uh, people suddenly pop up that wanted to help and support what I was doing. So it all seemed on the outside in to be going really well. Yeah. On the inside, things were falling apart. So I was using coping mechanisms to get through to switch off that really were not on my own side whatsoever. So drinking too much. Yeah and uh, eating too much at times, anything I could do to try and numb this constant sense of overwhelm and getting further and further away from knowing who the hell I was. Yeah. So how that started to manifest, because in the end, that amazing book, The Body Keeps the Score, but in the end, physically things, even if we can carry on mentally, things start to show. Yeah. And part of what I knew I wanted to inspire and something that I really believe is in our infinite potential. And I think that for most women, that's not a sense that we yeah. go into the world with, mm -hmm. certainly not in our working world. And I wanted to get that message out. And so we started to pull together talks for clients and candidate communities that I felt was going to really help instill that belief. I didn't feel able to share that story myself yet. Right. Um, but one of these particular um, events, there was about 150 people there, incredible. I still couldn't see that it was incredible. Yeah. And all I could think of was what could go wrong right. and who the hell was I to have brought these people together. Mm -hmm. So as I stood up to share a little bit about the speakers, to share a bit about why this event really mattered to me and um, the reasoning behind bringing everyone together into that room, I could feel my knees start to shake. I could feel the sweat running down my back I felt out of body so I felt like I was looking at myself and halfway through probably about only about a seven minute introduction something like that I froze I couldn't speak and my hands started shaking uncontrollably with the microphone in it and for what felt like forever there was silence mm. my brother who is also my business partner happened to be there and just obviously could see that I was in a state of distress mm -hmm. and just came and just took the microphone and just carried on. The problem with what happened that day is I didn't do anything with it. So it got to the point where I was at round tables with other female founders or, and it would come to introduce myself and I could feel that I was either going to break into tears or not be able to get my words out. It started to get to the point where even going to shop and asking for anything. But to my team, they wouldn't have known it. My clients wouldn't have known it. 
But in those moments of any form of intimacy, in any situation, I, I couldn't function. How did it feel? Can you remember how it felt? Or was that still the numbing experience? I, it, I felt very detached. It was a sense detached. of absolute mm -hmm. detachment. And I turned it into a shameful thing and mm -hmm. I made it mean even more so that I was a fraud. Right. Because if I wasn't able to introduce myself in a setting with other female yeah. founders, then clearly I wasn't, I wasn't meant for this. Mm -hmm. Someone mm -hmm. else was. How interesting. And that's quite a hard message, isn't it, that you're giving yourself, that narrative mm. then. And so I'm assuming, tell me if I'm wrong, but that then messaging got stronger. Yeah, stronger and stronger and stronger and more and more powerful. And I started having very, very, very bad anxiety attacks. Again, I, I worked all the way through this. That, that's the, yeah. I, I think that's just how I was brought up, is how I'm built. Um, <laughs> and, um, and so nobody would have known. And yeah. we carried on doing well. Mm -hmm. But the anxiety was crippling. Um, and uh, the tension in my jaw constantly. Yeah. I wasn't sleeping. Um, and the self-medicating carried on at the weekends with booze and food. Yeah. And yeah, and the absolute, uh, absolute sense of feeling, I know it's gonna sound really strange, but I felt a bit like, um, which was what was going around in my head, a bit like an amoeba. Yeah. Like I didn't matter yeah. as a human, yeah. 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 but I was there to just get this job done. It's mm. the strangest feeling. And it is, quite, it is quite a strange feeling to think that actually that thought and then actually you, you carry on regardless yeah. it's i mean i suppose it's that kind of stiff upper lip i mean it's really interesting what you're saying because you know we've had a very similar journey and yeah. and i think i'm sitting here thinking oh my gosh she's talking about me here and i'm sure there's other people out there listening to this will think exactly the same so when was that tipping point when mm. you said enough is enough how yeah. did you how did you get to that point yeah i had a massage so one of the things uh, <laughs> so one of the th i know it's going to sound very very strange but i hadn't done anything for me yeah whatsoever in that time and so I had a massage and when I and, and it was a very 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 emotional experience for me afterwards and then somebody had re recommended uh, a Reiki therapist and and I had never done I had never tapped into anything I, whether whatever you think about things like Reiki but maybe lots of people that might think it's a bit woo woo yeah. mm -hmm. and I had a very profound experience I could see myself as a child sat on my chest and, and at the end of the, uh, the, the Reiki experience, I asked her whether she had seen anything and she said she wasn't supposed to share, but she did share, which yeah. was that I had a lot of weeds in my throat. Mm -hmm. And uh, during the Reiki experience, I, all I could feel was weeds being pulled from my throat. How interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. um, and, and I just knew, I think I left there and I thought I can't carry on like this. Mm -hmm. So the big, so the big man. I met somebody called um, Anik Anik Petru, who was a speaking speaking coach. Because mm -hmm. I thought that's what I needed. I yeah. just need mm -hmm. a coach to get yeah. me through this. Mm -hmm. I didn't want therapy, probably because my mother's a psychotherapist, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so that wasn't something I wanted to tap into. And anyway, and and all she got me to do when I sat down with her, she got me to look her in the eye for a minute, and I couldn't do it. That's really interesting. I did it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but all I could feel was this absolute sense of acute discomfort. Yeah. Do you know, that's so interesting because it's something that I noticed myself doing years ago is that when I would talk about myself, I would never, ever make eye contact. Mm. I would look away. I would look down. I would look anywhere apart from the other person. Yeah. Gosh, and actually, I'd not thought about it until you've just said that. That's, oh, amazing. that's interesting. Oh, really interesting. Yeah. So, so what happened then? So you were uncomfortable. And we just finished the minute and she just said, Lucy, you don't know who you are. Well, that's pretty profound, isn't it? <laughs> and I said, you're absolutely right. I don't know who I am. I just, I am work. That mm -hmm. was, and, mm -hmm. and that, that just, so I started then going through exploration. I worked with amazing, amazing woman 
and um, who's actually a really incredible coach. Um, and I think that I needed coaching rather than therapy. I, yeah. I, I didn't, I, sometimes therapy is in a perfect moment, yeah, yeah, but sometimes when, especially as a single mother, you can't afford to necessarily rake over a load of old big T and little T trauma. It, was, it wasn't the yeah. right time, but she was in a, co a coach that um, had so many different um, uh, modalities that she utilized in her coaching, um, highly qualified. And I started to explore what joy looked like for me. Yeah, nice. Really what nice. pleasure looked mm -hmm. like for me. Mm -hmm. um, what who I was in the world. What my message was. What my what my drivers were. My values. I hadn't. I didn't know any of any of those yeah. areas. I couldn't connect with any of those areas. Connecting back into my body, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. I had been disconnected from probably for a very 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 long time. Yeah. So all of those, doing that work and even doing that work, it's never ending. I mean, I get yes, to the point now yeah. where I'm like, oh, right, okay, there's a whole <laughs> load of work to do there. Um, there's another layer. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and then I and then from, and from doing that, I trained with you and I trained mm -hmm. with uh, Full Circle for you. And I think that that was that probably a profoundly life-altering experience for me in terms of how I lead in terms of my ability to recognize my own patterns, be, yeah. Uh, yeah, my sense of consciousness. And I think also instilling a belief in other people uh, and trying uh, of their own capability, worth and worthiness yeah. is a constant reminder of your own as well, mm -hmm. that I have worth, yeah. you have worth, we all have worth, we and mm -hmm. we all have something to offer the world. And I'm much more comf com comfortable with, with owning that now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And having that inner champion yep. rather than that constant chatter. Yeah. So tell me then, what did you have to do within? So you obviously worked on yourself. You had the coaching. You had all the other modalities that you've described. You're still doing some of that stuff mm. now uh, to keep you, you know, kind of well. And because and, and, I do all that stuff as well. And it keeps me completely grounded and yeah. brings me back to myself. But tell me, though, about the steps. Because I know there were, step, there were things that I needed to do within myself. Um, so I'm wondering, so things, for example, like I needed to forgive myself. I needed to accept myself. So I'm wondering mm. what, what kind of things came up for you at that, yes. that process? Oh, big, big, I mean, big, loads of big. So I think the first thing for me was, um, I, and lots you may not know about Havening, um, but uh, I, I, my coach worked with me with Havening to go so back and self-compassion. Tell us more about that. So Havening is, um, it's it's like diffusing little little bombs in your brain. Okay. So it's like it's it's going back into a moment in time, and at the same time, you use repetitive touch. Yeah. So um, so you use rep a touch on repeat, and and whilst doing that, you go back into a memory. Yeah. You've experienced that the the, the height the the heightened uh, or the the level of emotion. Kind of the emotional state that yes. you're, you're in at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You come out. You, you move your le eyes from left to right, up and down. And then you do something daft like uh, you might uh, recite a shopping list for Sainsbury's or you might count, you might do the letters of the alphabet, A for aardvark, B yeah. for bat, <laughs> C for cat. And then you go back into the memory and you wait till that uh, memory, the, the heat in that memory is perhaps dropped from a 10 to a two on the intensity. Mm -hmm. And then you go back into the memory and if you needed in that moment to do something different, you do it differently. Right. Mm -hmm. Or if you need somebody to come in and deliver what you needed at that time, whether it's the piece of care, the understanding, the listening, or mm -hmm. a different response, that's what happens in that memory. Yeah. 
And as a result, it's a bit like those neural pathways. It takes it takes the, the, the sort of pin out of the grenade. And so your brain stops looking for more evidence that that's going to happen again yeah. or you're going to feel that way again. And it really helped for me be able to rewire yeah. my thinking. Yeah. Um, and havening really, if you can find, if you if you have a lot of stuff that you haven't either forgiven yourself for. So for me, there was loads of stuff around not being there enough for Chloe at the time yeah. when she was little or other aspects of stuff that I had shame around that I didn't need to own anymore and I didn't need to carry around with me anymore. So for me, that was absolutely transformation. That was a big first mm -hmm. step. Mm -hmm. And recognizing that I wasn't responsible for other people's decisions and actions. Yeah. And also knowing that actually the, the way that a lot of us as women get fed messages is that we need fixing or if we're just more confident or if we're just able to speak yeah. up more. And actually, excuse my French, it's bollocks. Mm -hmm. We are in a construct that's the problem, not that we need fixing. Yeah. And, and I think starting to realize that my responses weren't because I could have made a different choice. They were my coping mechanism. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the relationships that I got into and things like that were just because my self-worth was on the floor, but that wasn't my fault. Mm -hmm. But my responsibility was to change yeah. the environment. And, and I think also that for me looked like friendships. It looked like yeah. feeds. It looked like things I was reading, buying into, um, and even the self-help industry really curating mm -hmm. what was influencing. Yeah. That, those, the, that, that determination to shift my reality. Yeah. So you mentioned there shame, but also determination. So I just want to just pick up on determination. So, so when you think back to those times and you think about you as a person, you know, have you always had that determination? Is that something that is ingrained or was it just mm. that you felt, I must, I have to do this? What was it? I, I grew up in a household where hard work was respected. Yeah. And my parents went bankrupt. And I'm always quite nervous to say that out loud because my dad finds it very difficult if I talk about that, which I can understand. Totally. But it is part of my story and I yeah. own it now. Mm -hmm. um, and there were a lot of repercussions because of that. And I knew I never, ever, ever wanted, wanted to experience mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So for me, my it doesn't matter how bad things are, how challenging, I will work harder. And I could feel that in COVID. Everyone mm -hmm. else had a rest and I worked 10 times harder than I'd ever. Well, not everyone had a rest, by the way, but I, I, yes. I heard a lot of people saying, oh, I yeah. took a pause. I was able yeah. to reassess mm -hmm. my life. Mm -hmm. I was like, crikey, did you? And that wasn't my response. And that's my learned response. But yes. yeah, that's yeah. where it comes from. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So knowing that about yourself, how, can you, how do you use that now? Mm. Because I suppose that is a learned response and that's a pattern of behavior yeah. that I suppose you, we, we can sometimes go back to type. Yes. Especially when we're stressed or these other yes. things outside of our control. So how do you navigate that now? Yeah. Or do you still find yourself I, getting I, caught out? I can get caught out. Yeah. Um, I think for me, what I'm having, having a self-awareness or a consciousness for me has been transformational. So I can mm -hmm. see what I'm doing now. Yeah. If I move into control and pushing and overworking, I mean, overworking and imposter syndrome are the best bedfellows because it's avoidance. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so, mm -hmm. and so I know because I'll start to have that sense of tightness across my chest. Right. My leadership style will start to become pace setting, which is very toxic mm -hmm. for anyone around it. Mm -hmm. I can feel that. Yeah. So for me now, the way that I cope with that is I say, okay, if I've got this fire in my belly, how do I best channel it? And in a way that will feel empowering and rewarding and that I can use as a tool to share with my team. So the intention is different. Yes, completely different. Way, yeah. So your outcome 
is a different experience yeah. but you can still use that power that energy that drive determination yeah but in a different way and is it kind to those around me mm. because if it isn't and there have been times when overworking has been very difficult for my husband yeah. mm-hmm. or has been very difficult for people around me in the office because that if i'm in if i'm in that intensity yeah. people feel it we yeah, that do. we're energetically yeah. connected mm-hmm. um and i want an office where people really love to work together feel connected feel supported are thriving and i think yeah. generally speaking we have that but i can feel the energy shift when i'm in that place and yeah. it's slightly manic isn't it it's mm. not a good energy it's a yeah it is yeah i can totally connect and relate to that as well so Shame is a big word because, you know, shame is, is, is used now a lot. Um, and I'm really glad that people feel that we can talk about it and address it. But it's not easy to address. And obviously, you've invested a lot in your development and your healing. Is it OK to say that word healing? Because it feels like there's been a healing process. And I know certainly for me, there was too. So how do you drop mm. the shame? Great thing about shame is that once it's brought out into the light, it doesn't survive. Yes. Kind of shrinks uh, yes. a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it sort of it, it buggers off. <laughs> it's sort of it's it, so for me. I think when I am in and and shame was a big part of my twenties, my thirties. I pretty much decided most things were my 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 faults that yeah. had happened, and I felt I felt a great sense of shame. And I can still feel a little bit triggered when I even say the word shame because it's still it's, there's mm. still that yeah that f- I can feel it in my physical body even mm-hmm. saying it now. But I think. What I, what I know is that talking and sharing experiences, but also knowing that I am in control yeah. of every response over reaction. And when yeah. I'm in control of every response and when I'm really aware of what's going on for me, I can get curious now. Mm. So I think, I think for me, the big thing is curiosity. When I'm feeling something, and I talk to my team about this all this time, when I'm feeling any form of big emotion, I'll be like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yes, I wonder what, why, what, what's triggered that thought or that feeling, rather than buying into it, yeah. um, and then repeating a story, which then, yeah. that, which then, then, then starts driving reactions over responses and all yeah. of that sort of stuff. And when I watched Brené Brown's um, TED talk on shame, it was like opening the floodgates. Yeah. I was like, that is me. Mm-hmm. I am shame. Mm-hmm. That and um, and. And I feel about as far apart from that feeling as I could do, could yeah, do now. Yeah, amazing. And our and our the, you know the, the, our pain becomes our power if we let it, right? Yes. So yeah. I think I think facing a lot of what what and some of that was painful, but facing that and really acknowledging that actually a lot of those experiences that I thought were shameful. Um, or made me ash- made me feel ashamed of who I was, or I didn't fit in, I didn't belong, um, I wasn't lovable. All those thoughts that I used to have on repeat is actually I really recognise now. That, oh my God, it's all of those amazing. It's all of those amazing learnings and and what shaped me that make me a really great leader today. Mm-hmm. That make uh, that, that the reason why people will come and talk to me after a talk and say that was really inspiring. Or I, and I met a client yesterday, been to one of my talks and said, you know, you changed my life. I was, and actually I found that quite challenging to absorb, <laughs> but yeah. I can own that stuff yeah. now and know, mm-hmm. and, and, and I know that all of those building blocks are my power. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting because I think what I'm hearing you say is that actually it's about knowing what you're in control of, yeah. but also knowing that you have in that moment an opportunity to either react which we know is that just and off it comes out or that sense of response, which I feel is that much more, like you said, conscious approach to understanding 
your situation and how you're feeling. But what I've also heard you say though a lot of is around how you now start to listen to your body more. Mm. So that real sense of understanding what's going on, whether that tightness in your chest or you're feeling that fire in your belly, you know, I can see how you're using that to help guide you and to, to keep that consciousness there. So if we want to kind of kick our imposter mm. up the arse basically and get rid of it, what top tips have you got? I mean, obviously you shared loads, but what would you share with our listeners that you think are the key most important okay. things to consider? All right, a couple of different things. Okay, so self-esteem is an act. Nobody can tell you to be more confident or be yep. kinder to yourself or all that stuff that we see on Instagram all mm. the time. So self-esteem is an act. So I try and think of three ways that I can show up for myself in a day Nice. that mm -hmm. gets me on my own side. So, okay, um, so one of those things that's like, which is one of yours, actually, I saw it, which is what I do. So one of them is um, music in the morning. Yep. Um, so I was listening to Erasure, Respect, this morning, which I just love that track, just gets, it just, so one, and that really gets me on my side because it gets me off my phone, stop answering mm -hmm. emails. Yeah. One is to come into my body. How, uh, how do you do that, though? I just ask myself how I'm really feeling. Oh, nice. Very good. And what is it I need? And actually, uh, my, one of the coaches that I work with just say, say it to yourself five times and pause in between. And by the fifth time, you'll have the real answer. Yeah, so it's so interesting, isn't it? Because I think we give ourselves stock answers. It's I, I, When I, I was coached a couple of years ago by a really amazing coach, and he said to me, well, I'm going to ask you this question until you stop giving me the canned answer. Yeah. <laughs> so I completely relate to that. So it's so interesting. So five times. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Amazing. Five times. Yeah. And then something's going to be bring me pleasure. Great. So that can be really, really simple. So um, I that might be looking for something I haven't seen on my walk before to work. Yeah. And so bearing in mind I live in South London, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes that can be a bit challenging <laughs> but, um, in terms of finding something that's going to bring me pleasure. But actually, like, this morning, I just saw the most, uh, the most beautiful shape of a cloud. And I'm, and I'm not one of these... I'm not toxically positive and I'm certainly not somebody that is, I'm hardwired to move into yeah. anxiety and mm -hmm. negative thinking. So I, this, this takes work. Yeah. But those three things, something that brings me joy, something that brings me pleasure and something that brings me back to myself Fantastic. are amazing. And then the other thing that really helps dial down that imposter syndrome is for me to remember this, which is courage, competence, confidence. Lovely. Mm -hmm. So the courage to take action is all I need ever. I don't need to be competent at it and I don't need to feel confident at it, but just taking an act of courage mm. to do the thing, have the phone call, have the difficult conversation, try something new, yeah. um, be brave in a certain area of my life or tell my husband, well, actually, this is what I really need, whatever it might yeah. be. Um, or actually, it's more terrifying asking my teenage daughter for what I need sometimes. <laughs> but just that, but, and, then, and then knowing that if I make, do the learning around that, my competence will come and the outcome yeah. is confidence yes. of mm -hmm. those two things. And yeah. I think for me, if remembering those, those two areas is something that constantly dials down that imposter syndrome, inner critic, yeah. um, self-sabotage, et cetera. Yeah, it's limiting yeah. beliefs, everything. So it feels to me and that actually maybe that side of ourself doesn't actually really go away. It kind of still resides within us, but it's about how you manage it and actually how you build a different relationship with it. And not trying to shove it away, use yeah. it as information. All our emotions are just information, yeah. aren't they? Absolutely. And I think, so I try not to ignore it. Yeah. I try and listen to it if it's there. Because I think most probably for some of the listeners, you know, if they're feeling this way, their stock response might be just to bottle it, just kind of push it back down, you know? And it's interesting that when you went for your Reiki, yeah. 
there was the weeds in your throat because we know that's obviously about speaking your yeah. truth and not saying not honoring who you are and and you know and, and saying what you want and all of those things and so it feels that sense of courage like you've just described there saying what you need saying what you want and actually being okay with that yeah even if it does feel uncomfortable, but still yeah. to do it anyway. Yeah, and knowing that somebody else's reaction is is their own stuff yeah. um, and That's waiting for their response. And if the response doesn't come and there is a reaction, energetically knowing that uh, that that's, that's okay yeah. and that doesn't mean anything about me. Yeah, and I think, I think some of this, especially when you start to use that voice to build that, like you said, to get that confidence and, and to have that courage to start to ask for, you, for what you want or even to start to listen to yourself from a different place. It is challenging and it takes practice and I think mm. it is an ongoing, mm. I mean, it's like what you said at the beginning, you know, it's not, yeah. I'm not kind of done. No. <laughs> and it'll be like this lifelong That's kind really of... That's really irritating thing about is, working on it? yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just never stops. Because no. yeah. uh, again, as you said, there's always another layer to, pull, to peel away. Um, but what is interesting is that I think what I'm also hearing is for you not to take other people's reactions mm. or responses personally yeah. to you. Yes, there's a great tool and just very, very quickly. So uh, I also worked with somebody called Janie Lee Grace who says, who told me to imagine when you're having a difficult conversation, a figure of eight running on a continuum mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. between yourself and that person. Yeah. And it helps break that energy between the two Amazing. of you. Mm. And I use that. That's very good. A lot. Yeah because I'm highly sensitive. So it's, um, that really, really helps me when I'm, um, and it, or if somebody's responding to me, I'll just imagine it flowing and then I can just move into, it's not my stuff. Yeah, and I do think that is a key, is that it, you're right, it's not my stuff. So I can say what I need and what I want and I can address wh whatever's going on for me. But it, yeah, it doesn't mean to say that somebody else is gonna like what you say, because mm -hmm. it might trigger them. Yeah. And I think this is the interesting thing, isn't it? Because imposter is a trigger. Yeah. And the one thing I've learned over the years, and, I, and I'm sure you most probably agree, but tell me otherwise if not, but that sense of the triggers that we have, we are the ones who are in control. Exactly. We're the ones who sensitize them. Yeah. So, you know, if we feel it's going to be a difficult conversation or this is going to be really hard work, then that we're sensitizing that mm. trigger so that then that becomes our story that and that's what you belief. can haven on yeah and that's what you can haven on yeah <laughs> yes. exactly yeah Brilliant. yeah to diffuse that amazing yeah. so you talked earlier right at the very beginning of our conversation around i well i'm going to use the word self-care i know it's overused at the moment mm. but that real sense of in two things really investing in yourself yeah but also having good people around you because you yeah. talked about that network and yeah having people around you so tell tell me about those two things tell me one of, I think, so self-care, well, how I see that is getting on my own side. Right. Am I on my own side? Nice. And also acknowledging that I am worthy of space and time. And I think that was one of my big things about overworking and avoidance was that I didn't feel worthy. Yeah. And worthiness comes from, from action. And so for me now, that looks like making sure at the beginning of the month, I look at, okay, well, where's the space for me? Yeah. And I can feel myself last couple of weeks, we were talking about this, that I, you know, I've, I've moved into a bit of an old pattern and I've actually, I've stopped and I've worked with somebody to say, right, what does the rest of this month need to look like for me yeah. to be on my own side? Because it's not like what it's looked like the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So I think for me, that means massage. It means going to hot yoga. It means reading. It means finding something that brings me joy, which is learning. So looking at the next few months and thinking, okay, where's my learning experiences? Yeah. So it's not hot baths and candles. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I mean, that a, might work for some people. That might work for some yeah. people, yeah. but it's not. Mm-hmm. For, it's I guess it's not. It, that's that's not for me. But I think. Well, I mean, I love a bath actually, but. I think, yeah, it's action-centred, isn't mm-hmm. it? Self, mm-hmm. Self-care. Yeah, because yeah. I do think, I think you can talk about it or you can think about it, but if you don't understand what works for you... Yes. I, I think then you can, yeah. like you said, you can just end up thinking, I'll just light a candle, read a book and get in the bath, but actually it's not really necessarily addressing that either. And it's interesting because I think, you know, how you responded with your imposter, you know, you, you actioned into work, you mm. went full pelt, yes. you know, overworked, but other people, it might... So that's kind of that kind of fight mode, isn't it? Kind of mentality. But others might freeze yeah. and actually just kind of start to shrink and, and actually, you know, kind of remove themselves from activities and things like that. So in terms of the road to recovery, to kind of kicking that kind of imposter into the background anyway, mm. it feels that you have to know what works best for you in terms of that routine, like you said, the yoga, whatever, you know, all of that thing that kind of works for you. It's getting that down on paper so you know yeah. where to go with it. It is. Uh, it's, it's, it's having that toolbox written down. And, and part of my, uh, part of journaling, when I do journal, I'm not a religious daily journal, but I, I get the benefit from it every time. Yeah, I, I can never read what, but I can always feel the answers. Yeah. <laughs> Cut off all this, and and yeah. I like, I, every time I do it, I think, why don't I do this every day? But that's okay too, you know? It is. yeah. But journaling's an amazing way of finding out what it is you really need, I yeah. think. I, that I, mind dump. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. And so it feels to me that what you've been doing then through this journey, this amazing journey that you've been on, is being on your side. So I'm going to use my words, but I think for me what I've done, and it's very sounds very similar, is I've learned to befriend myself, mm. to become a best buddy. Yeah. Because you and I know that we would never, ever speak to our friends no. in the way that maybe yeah. you or I have spoken to ourselves yeah. over yeah, the years. Yeah. Um, and it feels that that giving yourself permission to have that different relationship, to get to like yourself, mm. first of all, yeah. with a view to eventually love yourself. Yeah. You know, and I know that can be hard as well, learning to love yourself. Yeah. Um, but if you don't take that time and take positive action, yeah, then you'll remain in the same space. A hundred percent. Nothing changes if nothing yeah. changes. Exactly. So tell me the importance then of, of having good people around you. Because I know the benefit of having a coach. You know, I had a bit of therapy years ago. You know, having my Reiki. You know, doing all these things. And obviously it's worked for you. Yeah. And I know it works for me and it works for many others. But why is that so important, do you think? I think for a lot of us, we, we, stay, we tend to stay in the same circles of people, having the same conversations and also staying in that kind of almost that persecutor mode with each other where we all, you know, somebody's we've perceived them as having wronged us. And then your friends swoop in and say, yeah, what an arse. And, 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 and ultimately knowing that actually keeps you stuck, too. Yeah. So I think what I realized when I was going through this process, I, I want this almost like a, um, a committee in my life. Like, who do I need that yeah. is amazing with straight talking, um, who's walked the path that I want to walk on before me, who's brilliant with finance, who do I need, a, who do I have in my life that I'm gonna have a laugh with, who's my best cheerleader, who's my support, you know, and it's trying to have different people in your life that, that have yeah. different roles, and who am I to them? Yeah. It's also recognizing and, and acknowledging who you are to others. So for me, what that means is, is I don't have people that just, congratulate me and say I'm right. I have lots of people that will hold a mirror up and say, yeah. uh, and, and help me to realize where I'm stuck or how I move through things. Give me advice in areas I've got no clue about in a supportive way. Um, uh, and having that 
committee in your committee is a horrible word isn't it I don't know what better word for it I always think of it as a committee but yeah I know what you mean though yeah it's, it's a group do. of people around you that yeah. are not just gonna give you a load of bs yeah they're gonna challenge you even though it might hurt and sting yeah um but they, they're gonna say actually well you know what Lucy or Gillian you know I don't actually like how you did that no and I don't have anybody in my life that gossips about other people mm. That's nice. And, and, I, mm-hmm. and for many, many, many years, I would involve myself in gossip or, yes. or agree when I didn't agree. All that stuff that makes you feel that, get that icky yeah. ugh, mm-hmm. feeling yeah. inside. Mm-hmm. And so for me, having people that have the same value system as me is really, really, really critical. Yeah, yeah. And I would agree with that. So you have a great company. Mm. You have a great team around you. If I was to say to you, okay, so female leadership, running, you're entrepreneurial, you're a speaker, you do all these amazing things. What's the key to the success of that? Never stop learning. Right. And really know what your message is as a leader mm. and make decisions on that basis. I think the other thing is is that to not abandon your own needs in the process and hold your boundaries. And it's okay to lean into the difficult conversations knowing that the biggest learnings come from them perfectly said okay good <laughs> perfectly said. amazing so what is then in store for you as a leader as you you know have you got any goals for this year well intentions i'm gonna say Inten- right i know we've, we've, we've moved we've, away from goals we've moved um, away from goals we'll go for intentions that seems to be the new buzzword okay so my my words for this year are transfer transformation and ease um, our word as a business for this year is transformation so i think that what that means for us is we're on a journey to becoming a b corp that is very very exciting because it is the gold standard of societal environmental impact and um so that's super exciting more speaking and more spreading that message of our infinite uh, our infinite potential yep. um, and how to tap into what that potential really looks like. More time with my team in terms of learning, development, growth. Mm-hmm. There's so many amazing women in my team and, um, and, I, and I owe it to them to make sure that however long they're with me, that they are able to tap into their full cap- fullest capability. Yeah. So there's a lot in store. I mean, there's there's some boring business stuff too. Not boring for me, but we're launching in Dubai and a couple of other places, which is Fabulous. hugely Very exciting. exciting yeah. And actually, one of my inner critic voices when it, it was I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to do that, and we're doing it. So that's super exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, loads, loads of things, amazing. Mm. So out of all your experiences, out of everything you've done, what's been the biggest insight for you? I know there's been lots, but if there's anything that stands out the biggest and the most. That I'm capable of inspiring change in others. I am capable of inspiring change in others. Mm. And so when you say, and this sounds like it's a coaching question, I'm sorry, but when you say that, how does that resonate with you? That I'm still owning that sentence. I'm learning to own it. no imposter around. No. No. Mm. I can see in your face. It's amazing, actually. I can say (laughs) it without cringing. Awesome. Yeah. Brilliant. (laughs) So um, I've loved this conversation and I just feel what I've heard from what you've said is learn how to manage those feelings of shame. Mm. It doesn't have to be shameful. No. Because there's nothing really shameful. Sometimes we're in situations and scenarios that are not our fault and also not our responsibility, but we find ourselves in those. So actually take the time 
And although you didn't, you had to carry on working like I did when yeah. I had my blips. You know, we can't always stop for months and go off and <laughs> be nice, wouldn't it? Trek around the world <laughs> no. to find ourselves. No, you've got to carry on, especially when you've got kids yeah. and stuff. You have to carry on. But actually, you still found resolve in the carrying on, which meant that you're changing the way that you think about yourself and the way that you believe about yourself mm. and really digging into that. I am worthy. Yes. All right. Amazing. So where can our lovely listeners get hold of you? Mm. Because you are an inspirational speaker and I'm sure people would love to know more about what you do. So where can we find you? Well, okay, so you can have a look at www.candcsearch.co.uk. You can have a look. It's really easy to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just put Lucy Chamberlain there. You'll find me. Um, you can drop me an email. Um, it's just lucy at cncsearch.co.uk if you want to connect for any reason. Um, but if you put my name into Google, you'll, you'll find me somewhere. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure, and I've loved having this conversation with you. Thanks, Gillian. What an amazing conversation that was with Lucy. I'm absolutely blown away by her journey and her commitment to making those inner changes that's required so she can be the leader she has always meant to be. But more to the point, she has kicked her imposter syndrome out of the way so she can lead a very happy and fulfilled life. What struck me about the conversation is Lucy's determination to herself and her commitment to herself. She invested in getting the support when she needed it most. And obviously her moment, her pivotal moment where she decided that she had to make those real significant changes so that she could turn things around for herself. I love the fact that shame is shared by so many of us, but when you put your mind to it and when you learn to like yourself and then eventually learn to love yourself, and accept and appreciate who you really are, then shame just disappears and dissolves equally as much as your imposter does. I also like the way that Lucy talked about the three C's that she carries around with her. There is courage, so she has courageous conversations. She understands her levels of competence and she builds that competency within her that then finally leads to confidence. Self-care, self-belief and self-worth are at the key to kicking your imposter out of the way. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation because I've certainly taken a lot from Lucy. She is a total inspiration and a guiding light. So I hope you enjoyed the conversation and I hope you can take some of her tips with you on your journey too. Mm -hmm.